apparently it needs like your permission now. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just popped up and asked me that. And yeah. Yeah. You have full consent. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Thanks again, man. Yeah. It, like you said, we've been running around the same, we've been at several of the same shows, I think, and haven't actually met. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good opportunity to finally talk Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. catch up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're from. Uh, oh, go ahead. How long have you been like in it, like the, uh, the, scene, the music, like photography around LA? Seven years or so. Not in LA okay. uh, for that whole time. I was in DC for a couple of years, and oh, I really cool. hit it hard there. I really like got got my start in DC. I was kind of doing it here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, 2013, 2014 in LA, Pomona, and then I moved nice. to DC and uh, just started shooting around and. And then brought it back here when I moved back in 2016, yeah. 2017. Yeah. Very cool. How about yeah. you? Um, I mean, in terms of just like photography, it shows um, maybe like four years, four mm. or five years. It's kind of blurry to me. I kind of like got into it. It felt like I got into it on accident. <laughs> mm. I, I, uh, so my background's obviously like working in television, um, mm-hmm. obviously more in video. I like went to film school and, mm-hmm. um, made like a lot of music videos coming out of college just for like friends and stuff. And that's sort of how I started in LA was making music videos for just like friends and bands and stuff. Um, and then fell off of even that for a while. Uh, and then eventually it just was like, well, I, I mean, I like, I haven't done anything like personally creative in a long time and I was seeking it out a little bit more. Um, mm. So like went and bought a camera and a lens uh, and then just started like doing photography and I wanted to like make little videos. I was going to like, I remember posting on Instagram being like, are y'all cool if I just delete all my personal stuff and just like turn this into like a creative page. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I started with that. of just like kind of, I was, I was kind of tapped into that like, like LA photographer scene that like discover L hashtag discover LA hashtag mm-hmm. conquer LA, like those <laughs> kind of things. Um, and following a lot of people that were doing that, there was like more like vlog based and like, that was like when Instagram stories were kind of like first popping off. So I was going to make like stylized Instagram videos oh, cool. um, and connect them to my photo- like photography and stuff. Cause street photography is like my, I, I'd say that that's my real go-to. Like I love just kind of wandering around and taking mm-hmm. photos um but i did that like once or twice uh and then i remember uh then the dirt at the time now sorry party was playing a show and they were just like why don't you just like come out and shoot some videos for us and i was like cool yeah i'll do that and then i just like started taking photos in the middle of it and then i was like i want to work on these so i like got adobe suite and started messing around with it and then was like oh well I like doing this. I'm just going to put this on my Instagram instead of street photography. <laughs> um, and I keep being like, I'm going to go back to street photography, especially now with like all this time off. And in the middle of COVID, I remember being like, well, like now I can just like wander around and there's nobody around. It'll be sweet. But I just like, I never do it. I just like never have motivation. I don't know why. <laughs> That's what I talk about a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you want to be motivated and uh, you like, you have all these ideas and you're like, oh, I'll just wake up and, go and walk down the street and see what I can get. And then just that day doesn't come <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. It's actually been like a major point of conversation in my therapy recently mm. <laughs> of like, like I, I worked um, 
in my job, like consistently with like no time off for like six years straight, maybe like five years straight. Uh, and never really like the longest amount of time I ever would have off would be like holiday break. So it'd be like two weeks that I would just like get on a plane, go back East and hang out with my family Mm -hmm. and then come back and immediately back to work. Um, and then COVID was the first time that I had like a real break, but you know, didn't feel like a break because everything was outer chaos. So you're just like, I don't don't know when I'm going to go back to work. Um, and then I actually had like a real vacation, uh, like last year for Mm -hmm. like, six to eight weeks and oh. i was just i was like and and now i've had like a couple more moments of having like some time off and it's like every time it happens now i'm like i don't know what to do with myself because <laughs> a the world is weird b my brain is just like hardwired to constantly like be productive but mm. i can't get the motivation to like be productive so yeah. i just like sit around all day and like beat up on myself and be like why aren't you doing anything you lazy piece of shit uh do you have like do you have friends saying uh friends or family telling you like you know don't worry take a break you're you're good you need to rest and but yeah no i need i need to i need to do something yeah and i try to hear them out a little bit but at the same time i'm like yeah yeah i've got in my rest i'm fine i just need to like find stuff to do and now i'm like sort of getting back in groove into it i'm working on a music video uh with sweet gloom Oh, um, I had a feeling that was you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw those uh, uh, stories. I'm stoked about it. Um, and I'll, I'll be like going in the studio with them and doing some stuff with them um, to get them sort of built up. Um, so I'm stoked about that. But then, yeah, I'm just kind of like finding stuff around the house while I'm, because I'm on vacation technically right now, just like in between shows. So mm-hmm. just like building furniture and doing whatever to fill my time. Damn. You baking <laughs> yeah. bread too? <laughs> no, 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 not yet. No. Uh, I did that. I did that like twice. And I got over that real quick. I didn't get a starter going. You know, I made just like yeah. quick bread. And That's awesome. Yeah. I got a drone. You ever oh, fly a drone? Cool. No, no. It's I the haven't. coolest thing ever. <laughs> oh, I bet. I could yeah. like spend so many hours just doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, 4K camera, like a, just a mini camera on the front, but does 4k video pretty well and Hell i don't know yeah. get a camera that can fly right it's the it's amazing but even yeah. then it's like getting the motivation to get out i live in pomona and i live close to the mountains so it's like i can get out there and take the drone out there and do all these things and you know, sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't yeah i'm shooting for tomorrow morning Sweet. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah, man, I've been loving your work. Uh, I've, I've seen your work with, yeah, Sorry Party, and you covered Young Winona too, right? Yeah, I did a little bit um, um, in studio with them, I think, like mm-hmm. a while ago when they like when they only went into the studio for their last stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just went and did some like photos and stuff. But I I know Cassie. Cassie actually works for a company that like helps produce a lot of the shows that I work on. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so there was like a moment. Um, way back when where I was going to a Ned in the dirt show and mm. young Winona was on the bill as well. And it was at Harvard and stone. And I just remember like walking around and this person just came up to me and she was wearing like sparkles and makeup and everything. And she was like, Oh my God, hello. And I was like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and she was like, Cassie. Cause he, like I had never seen her outside of like her workplace. And then I was like, mm. Oh my God. And she was like, who are you here for? And I was like, Ned and Chris and all them. And she was like, Oh, 
we're like all <laughs> tight friends. And I was like, this is a weird small world situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's, she's incredible. And she, I worked on, she did like the music, the, one of the music videos for sorry party. She like directed it and edited and everything. I just shot it. Um, Oh, cool. And she, yeah. she crushed it. She's like, really, she's got a great mind for, um, I mean, everything really like young and old is mm. incredible, but like their videos and their photos and stuff. It's like, I can tell that like, she's got her fingerprint on it all over it. And it's, it's dope. Oh yeah. Her heart's totally in it. You can see. Yeah. yeah. You can hear yeah. it especially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're Every great. One of those singles was like, damn, one after another. And then yeah. catching them at, were you at that uh, Silver Lake Lounge show Mm-mm. recently? No. Oh, okay. Like no. yeah, I feel like we would have met. We were all hanging out in the back. It was my first time there, and it's like, man, what a great, uh, great venue. Yeah, for whatever yeah, reason, definitely. couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your What was the first show you shot? Uh, it was the. It was a. I don't remember. I think they must have been still Ned in the Dirt, um, and Young Winona was there, but they might have. What was their name before? I don't remember. Santa Barbara. Uh, yeah, they might have still been called that, um, but it was like a Halloween show at. Uh, oh, I don't even remember the name of the venue. I just like remember where it was. Like I have a feeling it's gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was just like a Halloween show that they did. That was awesome, and it was like oh. a bunch of other a bunch of other bands were there, and I think like uh, Girl Underground Music was covering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some photos that they like just borrowed. That's kind of why I was there because somebody was like, "Oh, if you like take some photos tonight, like just send them to so and so, and they'll put them all over the website." And I was like, "Cool, yeah, sure. oh yeah, I'll do that." Oh yeah, they're great. Jeanette over there is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, covering all things, all things local like that. Yeah, it's great. It's great to see that there's there's still like a strong LA local music scene. I feel like it real it's like so weird that it feels like it should be in the conversation a lot more than it is <laughs> uh it like still kind of skates under the radar but i think a lot of it's just that like venues are so like rare and far between now that it's like who knows yeah. you have to you really have to like seek it out still yeah you're in hollywood right mm-hmm. yeah are were there any that shut down entirely in hollywood i'm trying to think of uh, any because there were a couple um, like high brow, not high brow. What's that place called? Hi hat. Uh, hi hat. They're gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. No. I mean, at least in like my immediate vicinity that I can think of, there's nothing that's gone. There's a ton of bars around here that are gone. But like, mm-hmm. um, really, the only one that like we have, um, at least for like local bands, is Harvard and Stone. Mm-hmm. Um. Off the top of my head, at least. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah i love it but yeah, i love that song. I, hear, I hardly ever go <laughs> it's too uh, close to me so it's like one of those things and i'm just always like it's right there yeah if a band if my friend's band's playing there yes i'll be there but otherwise like i don't want to just be like the guy who's always at harvard and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> i i've made similar moves i moved to downtown pomona a year ago and just to be closer to the scene here and just, you know, hop in all these venues all the time. It's like, I'm tired of driving, not even, you know, 20 minutes. Why not just live right here? And uh, I don't even go anymore. <laughs> I go when there's some shows sometimes and like, I don't yeah. know, haven't been too great about it, but yeah, part of that whole yeah. <laughs> being productive thing. And 
yeah how many how many shows have you shot since like uh the pandemic i've shot a few i'd say probably 10 oh great yeah cool since things started reopening and all that yeah yeah yeah. And then been to a few more um, that I didn't shoot. Um, but yeah, I've been yeah trying to keep busy. I've only done one this year. You know, it's already February. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm falling behind. Yeah. 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 yeah I, have, I have not really been shooting mm-hmm. that much. It's like a weird mixture of like the productivity thing. And then also just like, I mean, for the, I'm, I'm already only for like doing photos at shows that like my friends are inviting me to being like, Hey, we're playing a show. Can you please come out? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Cause I just want to go hang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not going but, to, so you're not doing like just like random shows, reaching out to people. Hey, I want to cover your show. Blah, blah, no. Blah. And I'm, I mean, that's sort of like, I always sort of feel bad when I'm like talking to other like music photographers. <laughs> um, Cause I'm like, it's, it's a hobby for me. Like mm-hmm. other people are like, really, I don't, I'm never trying to like compete on it. And I feel like I am, I feel like an intruder to an extent of just being like, I'm just doing this for fun. Like mm-hmm. if anybody were to ever even try to pay me, I'd be like, no, don't pay, but I don't care. I'm just <laughs> throwing stuff up. But then that's when if they're like, I'm trying to pay you, then I'll be like, yeah, you should call Justin. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't want to do, I'd like, even with like music videos and stuff that I do, if somebody were to come to me with like a whole storyboard and everything, be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'd be like, no, no, not for, not for me. Sorry. Um, mm. I'm much more of just like, I want to just be hanging with you guys um, and do photos and like hang out and have fun. And I'm mm. kind of like, uh, uh, part of it is like, if you pay me, then like I have to be doing the style that you tell me to do. Um, right. Right. You're on the clock. So, yeah. So yeah. if I like, so part of it is that, that I just, I'm like, well, if there's no stakes, then I can like do whatever I want and sort of mess with it however I want. But the other part of it is just that like, it, it really is just a hobby. I'm just like doing it for fun. Mm. Um, and it, it's like, it, there's a like division between my work, which is television and music, which is my passion. Like I mm. really like when I was younger and in high school, I was like, I'm going to be in music. I'm going to work in music. I'm going to be a musician. Like, this is what I love. Mm. Um, but then like started making movies and stuff with friends. And I was like, I love this too. And then eventually that like was what I went to school for. Um, and it like, I could slowly feel it becoming like a more of a career path. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes you look at it differently. Um, yeah. So music, I eventually was just like, well, let's just keep that a passion. Let's not taint that with like, <laughs> like having with to like, and, yeah, exactly. And like people giving you salaries and um, mm, all direction. the sort of inner workings of it. Cause we all know the music industry is sort of just like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. being in it, I would be like, oh man, this is miserable. Um, yeah. And it's just one more thing to tack on to yeah, daily life, nightly yeah. life, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love to sleep early. So like <laughs> when, when a friend is like, Hey, we could use some photos of the show. I'm like, uh, what time do you go on? Cause I'm going to be in bed by like nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Jeanette from girl underground. Um, and I were talking about that recently that, yeah. How late is the show? Like, where is it? Mm, all right yeah we'll make it we'll make it and then turn right back around you know <laughs> Go to, we went to silver lake lounge had a drink after called it a night and we're like yeah we're not gonna <laughs> yeah we can hang yeah, out takes, for a little bit but a it's like i don't know everything 
I feel like, yeah, COVID really took the wind out of the sails, you know, in, in so many ways. And it's hard to get it back. But then it makes me think, oh, maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, maybe we're not supposed to be going to shows every night. Maybe it's not good for our health overall, you know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 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 Having, having drinks every night and staying up late, getting four to six hours of sleep. And yeah. Yeah. I yeah. work early mornings. So <laughs> I try not to do that. That's why I moved to Pomona. You know, <laughs> so I could just walk home, stumble home and be fine. Be yeah. more or less fine. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, because yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> like, and I don't know how like all my friends that are in bands do it, but like mm. they they're they're built like workhorses, which is like <laughs> the reason they can do it. This they're just like so dedicated. <laughs> awesome, but like <clears throat> they really have to like bust their ass and like touring touring is exhausting, dude. I don't Chris is a madman. <laughs> He's already so much energy, like so much like mm-hmm. positive energy. And he produces stuff with it. Like things are created from that. That's yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He has such a great sort of mind for the industry and for music in general and mm. all of it. Like it, he's insane. He's incredible at everything that he does really. Um, and obviously like one of my closest friends, so I've done so much with him um, that I'm kind of just like riding his coattails sometimes. And I'm sure he would say the same thing for me, but I'd be like, <laughs> dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> um, yeah i feel like a lot is gonna like pop off for him sooner or oh, later yeah. it's oh, be for dope. sure yeah wishing him the best yeah. yeah yeah um so how how have you liked shooting uh small venues have you shot any uh like bigger venues like festivals or anything like that um no not really i did uh that show like the biggest i've done i guess which is mm. still not even really that big was that house of blue show with um crystal memory and oh yeah um, tiny in tiny stills um and that even that was just like i don't i don't know what i'm doing but <laughs> <laughs> like at one point someone actually being like hey you're only supposed to do the first three songs and i was like i mean these are not like my best friends why would i why would i leave this little spot right here mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't know if it was you or somebody else but uh I saw that somebody didn't leave and I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay then. Yeah. Cause nobody was doing yeah. it. There was like the bartenders and I think a bouncer and no one cared. Right? Yeah. And eventually that bouncer came to me and was like, Hey, you're only supposed to do the first three songs. Oh really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the biggest venue I've done. And for the most part, it's just been like small little venues just cause that's where my friends are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always that's think about show. like, just like, sneaking in a camera to like the bigger shows that I go to, but then I know I'm always going to end up in the pit. So I'm like, where am I going to put this thing? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, a compromise you end up making with yourself every now and then. Do I want to enjoy this show or do I want to possibly lose a lens? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I, I covered a Mets show uh, a few years ago and I got in the pit cool. holding my camera like this, like a baby. And I still, I still fucked it up a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing you can do. You know, it's like, man, I can't do that again. So yeah, I got it. That, that reminds me though. Uh, this is a great question to bring up. Cause like, I usually, when I'm just telling the story, I like tell it to people that don't do concert photography, but mm. like, do you, do you find like a, do you find you have to like find a balance between like the moments that shows that you're just going to enjoy and the moments that you're going to like actually take photos of? Yeah. Yeah. When it's not a um, first three, kind of show then Mm -hmm. definitely it's like okay i could do this all night you know 
yeah. and I have no problem just wandering around shooting all night. After a while, I just have to police myself. You know, I, I will do the first six or something, you know, and then call it a night. I'm not going to do any more unless maybe I can see a shot from from the bar or something, you know, because then mm-hmm. I just dip out. Um, yeah. If it's a slower one, I just dip out. I, I go to the I go to the bar and I just sit and watch, you know, um, if there's a shot from there, you know, I'll take a couple. But if it's a if it's a heavy one, yeah, I'll I get in there. I'd like to get in there and just yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. There was a moment I was at a, I, I went to a idol show, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have my camera or anything, but I was like, they just had that sort of like instinct to like take videos and record on my phone and just like mm-hmm. snap some photos and be like, I'm gonna edit these in my like Lightroom mobile later. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a moment that everybody like they they play like a song that kind of gets like slower and slower and lower and lower, and everybody, the whole band was turned around and they turned back around and everybody was on the ground they all just like willingly just like sat down <laughs> uh, and he was like, this is beautiful. But I somehow was like in the middle and I was sitting, but I'm just like, I have a taller torso than everybody. So I was like up and like had my phone out and he like pointed right at me and was like, oh. don't fucking record this. Shut that off. And I was Damn. like, no, dude, you're right. You're right. But like part of me in the back of my brain was like, I'm a, like, a, even if it is a hobby, I'm like a music photographer. So I have this instinct to do this sort of thing to capture a moment like this. But like really mm. he was right that I was like, should live in those moments a little bit more um for sure yeah and now it pisses people off around you (laughs) when you have your camera after the first three you're and you're somewhere in the pit somewhere in the audience and you're still kind of like you know Mm -hmm. pisses people off i've gotten looks i've gotten comments you know i'm like i'm just doing my job (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah so how do you find that balance when going to shows too like you went to this idol show without a without a camera do you ever just go to show not go to a show because you can't take your camera uh no i mean again it's because it's like a hobby thing i'm i'm more often at shows without a camera than i am with one i guess Mm. um so especially like shows and i'm just big fans of the band like idols or whoever um yeah I'm good. I like, I just love the show environment. Um, and it's like a privilege if I do have a camera, I get to take some photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I'm going to be there to just like throw down, just like get in the pit and just like go out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's that type of show, like there could be the show that I'm just going to sit there and like let the sound wash over me and be like, yep, this is, this is how I'm supposed to experience this. Oh, for sure. But there is always sort of that balancing act of like, when do I take out my phone and take a photo? And when do I like just like actually sit and enjoy this? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to catch myself uh, with uh, I went to see Def Club um, mm-hmm. and Hong Kong Fuck You and a oh, band called Graf Orlock these guys at The Smell and first off it felt so weird because this was my first show at The Smell first show and covering it um, and I was one of like, I don't know, 12 photographers. Like it was just invaded with photographers. And yeah, and it was rough because like people are talking shit already. Put your fucking cameras away. And like, there's too many fucking photographers around here. Then I realized the guy saying that is has a camera and he's from this other band that plays with these guys. And he's just making a scene and talking shit, making us all look bad, just like for fun. And it was the same balance of like, I got my shots I'm not even paying attention anymore because I'm still shooting and I'm like, fuck, all right, this guy's getting in the audience and I'm just like still trying to get a shot. I'm like, all right, put it down. 
enjoy the show while this guy just yells at people in the audience. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great, it's a great uh venue. Yeah, I've been um, there. It's really cool. Um, my first time there, it's an institution in LA, you know, mm-hmm. um, like so many others, and it's just been around forever. Yeah, yeah great yeah. venue. Blew my oh, ears yeah. out. It's all brick. <laughs> and, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know That's... that. And of course I didn't wear headphones or, or earbuds or anything. How, do Oof. you wear earbuds? Do you uh protect I do ears? now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um somewhere along the way a friend of mine was just like dude please put these in because <laughs> you know us like photographers are always ending up like right next to the speaker and just like ignoring it um just to like get the shot yeah um and it's good to have friends that will notice that and be like i'm up here and obviously protecting my ears you you're in even a worse spot and you should do it too <laughs> um so yeah now i do yeah right in front of the pa yeah yeah. I mean, I was going to so many shows, like heavy, hardcore shows, never wearing them in the pit. And then eventually I was just like, I'm going to eventually lose my hearing if I don't <laughs> do this. So I'm going to go to more shows because I like just like to take photos. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, I should I should do something about this. Yeah, that's a balancing act, too. I need to get some some decent earbuds. Uh, a music photographer <laughs> at some festival was telling me um, the best thing, her best investment was like 200 bucks. She went to see an ENT. And they gave her, a, they molded her ears and gave her these like ear protection. And they look so cool. I was like, where'd you get those? And they look so intricate. And she's like, no, they're just like little rubber plasticky things and just fitted for my ear. Best thing she ever bought. And I'm like, I gotta eventually do that. That was four years ago. <laughs> to get around to that. Yeah, I hear that. You know who needs to do that is Apple. <laughs> Apple, yeah. Apple <laughs> needs to find ways to keep their earbuds in my ear because I am mad. well did you see the thing i don't know if it was it had to be fake right but they reintroduced cables to the airpods to that clip onto it so you don't lose them and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. so we're right back to square one yeah i've actually been like researching like ways to keep them in my ears because i bought the the newer ones the like generation three or whatever and Mm -hmm. as soon as i got them i put them in like it had all like the lossless audio and like the whatever they call it, the like surround sound audio. And it, I was like, this sounds incredible. But as soon as you, like I move my jaw at all, they just like fly up. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're awful. So I started doing tons of research, but it was like, I got them the weekend they came out. Um, yeah. and nobody had made anything to like keep them in your ear. And then it was just like, oh yeah, there's these little hooks that you can get. And I was like, this is all the old <laughs> stuff that like we're, we're trying right to back. get away from. Can't you just build them to like fit in my fucking ear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have these like off-brand what are they J Lab and they're great mm-hmm. but they they shift they don't fall out of your ear but they shift and it's enough to change the sound and you're constantly adjusting them it's yeah it's a dance yeah, yeah. so who was the first uh what was the first concert you ever went to you've been going you've been going since uh, you were a kid uh yeah i guess you could say it's it's such a funny question my first show that i ever went to um i don't i must have been like 12 or 13 um and was already like super into music but i think my parents were afraid of like bringing me to anything that i was listening to because i was like a big rap hip-hop kid when i was younger (laughs) Uh um growing up in a very like predominantly white town um Mm. but the first thing that my mom was like i'm gonna i'm gonna take you to this show was kid rock (laughs) 
which is like, <laughs> what a trip. Oh yeah. my God. It was like when he Damn. first, first did like a, um, like he had his like really popular albums, like late nineties. And he finally was like, I'm going to make like a Southern rock album, um, mm. which like had some like heavy wild songs on it that I was into at the time. Mm. Um, and then I remember going to the show and being like, this is such a, he's such a weird dude. And this is way, <laughs> way before anybody else realized it. Um, yeah. But I mean, the dude played every instrument on the stage and put on. Did a, he really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Put on a wild show. Um, my mom got us tickets that were like the top of the arena. And mm. she like, she used to go to a ton of shows, but she's like more of like a country music fan. So she was going to like a ton of those like big venues, like Kenny Chesney at Gillette stadium sort of thing. Mm. Um, but she's an absolute pro at getting better seats for free. Nice. <laughs> uh, so she, I like went with her and then like one of my other friends and she snuck us down like right next to the stage. And she would like, she was so stoked that she like got us these seats cause she could tell that we were having a great time. So like for mm -hmm. the rest of the week, she was like telling our friends like, yeah, we were close enough to see the sweat stripping off of like the strippers. <laughs> 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 because of course he had strippers and stripper yeah. poles just on his stage. Um, yeah. I've wild, never been to one of I do, I do not. Yeah. No, I don't recommend it. I, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> After that yeah, last video imagine. came out as not a joke. I was like, okay, so yeah. this is where we're at with kid rock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can, it's like it's weird to think about, right? Like in the, in the nineties, he was like the new vanilla ice, but like he was marketing himself better. Mm -hmm. So now it's so bizarre to picture that person. It's like the biggest Trumper nut job in yeah. like the music industry. <laughs> it's like, what? Who, where did you come from? I think even Papa Roach toned it down a bit over the years. Oh my God. They just got roasted eventually. So, <laughs> oh, what happened? I mean, I just remember seeing like a ton of their stuff on like Twitter that people are just like roasting them for being chip eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. And people are just like, Come on, guys. So I think eventually they had to be like, okay, everybody hates us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all these bands are getting so much heat politically. It's so funny. Oh, well, they're just, they're, they're in like the public eye too many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is good. Like, I don't, I don't want shit bags in the music industry at all. It's great. It's weed them mm. out. But same time, like, no, you can get in trouble for anything you said fucking 20 years ago. So, yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> it's a little uh i don't know unreasonable mm. unless they still hold those views apparently trapped is still in that <laughs> like they're one of those bands that just won't shut the fuck up yeah yeah it's like oh great keep talking i'd like to know where you are you know? <laughs> i, <don't, laughs> I want to know what you're saying and where to not go yeah yeah but there really was that like in the middle of COVID, like a sweeping of like all of the sort of like canceling tons of bands, like all over the place in small scenes and big scenes. It was just like happening everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, For good reason too. Like burger had to go <laughs> mm -hmm. or had to be at least yeah. rebranded. And cause I think that's all they did was rebrand. <laughs> I think they called it like Wiener records yeah. or something. And yeah, I don't know what happened to upper management who was all complicit, but I think the heart of that label is still around. Yeah, which sucks mm -hmm. because they they had a lot of you know they brought brought the heat you know there was a lot of good stuff on that label yeah yeah and one of my like <clears throat> one of the ones that like really kind of messed me up was i don't know if you've ever heard of this group but they're called doom tree uh -huh. um 
they're like they're kind of like underground hip hop, but they're based out of Minneapolis. And one of their like lead acts, his name's POS. Um, and like, if you listen to any of his lyrics, you'd be like, never in a million years, because mm-hmm. he like raps about like feminism um, and like unity and all these sort of like positive messages. Um, I mean, like really strong lyrics for it. And then like news came out that he was like, he wasn't actively doing it, but he was pretty much hanging out with people and being completely implicit to the fact that they were like date raping girls at their shows like all the time. Yeah. But then like everybody else in this like rap group, because they kind of, they like are part of a label um, called the Rhyme Sayers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's like this group and they're, they like operate sort of like Wu-Tang that they're like, 20 different individual acts, but then they're like one big group every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else in the group had to be like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> way to go. Uh, and then like, it fucked me up. Cause I was like, it's like one of my favorite rappers like of all time. And I was like, always like for all of his music. Cause I was like, he's rapping that shit that like matters and like messages that people need to hear. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was like overnight. It was like, that was one of the biggest hypocrites like in your life. <laughs> yeah. That's God. I didn't hear about that one. Mm. Though it does remind me of Brockhampton. You remember them? Yeah. And they're yeah. kind of coming back and like putting, I think they put a single really? out recently, but mm. same thing. It's like eight of them. And the one dude who was on the cover of their second album, um, like soon after the release, like he gets busted for, I think it was date rape, something like that. Some somewhere really close to those lines. And so they they kicked him out immediately. They took care of it. But I mean, that name was just destroyed as a result. And it just, and it ruined their sophomore album, you know, the, the, the debut of it. It's like, man, these people can't just get it together. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you exist on like the line of like separating the art from the artist in those situations? It's tough sometimes. Like sometimes when it's like, I don't know. I grew up loving Marilyn Manson, for example, and all these things that came out. It's mm. like you always heard he was a creep, but yeah. never anything concrete. And which that in itself, that might be, uh, that's a whole discussion in itself. Does it even need to be concrete Do we before we start taking people seriously? Right. Um, but then more and more keeps coming out and it's like, Jesus, man, this guy's a dirtbag beyond. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I read his book and everything and I'm like, it explains his oddness and his you know eccentricities and everything and totally it doesn't explain uh manipulation and rape and everything like that it's like hmm it's like yeah i don't know don't praise them but Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know i think i'd say just don't praise them anymore of course don't play them in the car with other people in it Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially somebody like you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, then you know, it's like, do you know the story about this person? <laughs> yes. Oh, you do. And you're still playing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you I, have, <laughs> I, I I exist somewhere around the same plane, but like I, I have such like a, I can turn on somebody's music. Um, like I'll, I'll listen to POS song sometimes still. They'll come on and be like, I don't want to skip it. It's such a good song. But then mm. like, if I were to turn on an album, uh, like intentionally and be like, I'm going to listen to POS, I get like halfway through the album and then I'm like, ah, you're, like you're, you're against so many things that I'm for. Um, 
or at least like at that moment in that like mm. terrible moment of your life, you made a choice <laughs> that I'm not for. And it like, it starts to swirl around in my head and then it's like, I can't listen to this much anymore. And most of the time it's, if it like connects to the material in any sort of way. So like mm. brand new is one that I think about a lot. I, have a, I got a brand new tattoo, like a week before they got canceled. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the ones that I constantly think about, but like brand new, like I got the tattoo because like so many other songs and albums, like, I feel like formulated a lot of my opinions on music and like a lot of um it's my like teenage years <laughs> mm -hmm. uh that like now i turn it on i'm like it still matters a lot to me the material that's here that he, they created still means so much and it's like still incredible music but like i do the same thing that i like get halfway through an album and i'm just like thinking about all these women that were preyed upon by these singers i'm just like I can't, I can't like fully, like I want to, I want to be able to enjoy someone's music and forget that they're shit bags, but it, mm -hmm. it's just like my brain doesn't allow it. <laughs> so you get halfway through the album before it starts to fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I went to see a band, uh, I don't know, six years ago called death in June in mm. a, at a place called complex in, I think it's in Glendale. Um, cool. just this cool little venue. And I had heard whispers that this dude was kind of like a nationalist, <laughs> an English nationalist. Oh. And I already had tickets. So I was like, I'm going to go <laughs> see what this is about. Uh, the symbol, the imagery in, in their, in their, uh, albums and stuff. It was like kind of dark and not super suggestive of anything they were talking, uh, anything, uh, uh, you know, regarding their ideals, but, um, and it's mostly this one dude from a, a once like kind of socialist sounding leftist punk band from England in the eighties, this guy branched off and did his own thing and started, started singing about Europe and started, you know, <laughs> but you would call it, you know, Europa, Europa falls or something like that. And I'm like, Whoa. getting through that I'm like okay <laughs> it's starting to make sense um all these other lyrics that i thought were beautiful and the music that i thought was beautiful and now i'm i have already gone through it but um i like reanalyzed everything i'm like what the hell was he talking about now mm. oh it was jews this whole time or immigrants <laughs> like <laughs> damn wild May yeah maybe and then i go so i go to that show and it's all like it's like kind of he dressed all paramilitary already too. He kind of looked like a a militia member, mm -hmm. and he wears this mask and it. But it's kind of like theatrical. It could be anything, but then oh. I see his crowd and I'm like, okay, interesting. And I see like the one dude who's like the darkest dude in there, right? Like a few shades, <laughs> so, you know, like where I'm like, okay, hey, it's just us two in here. <laughs> what do you think about all this uh, all these rumors that this guy's an ultra nationalist and all that and he's like well we won <laughs> <laughs> like i guess that's a good point yeah 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 so that is that's a good way to look at it i yeah. mean i wouldn't say that they're gone by anything but uh yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it's hard because they put out this one solid album and i'll always go back to it and it's not super suggestive of anything like that but the rest of it kind of is 
I went back listening to the rest of the albums. I'm like, okay, this is a little too close. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of wild. I'm picturing, have you ever seen the movie Green Room? Yes. <laughs> I'm picturing like that in Glendale. <laughs> 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 it's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that far, luckily. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great movie. I, I love that movie. It is I wild. My, all my musician friends, hey, any stories like that? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Probably plenty. I've heard a couple that were not yeah, so gruesome, but um, just some funny ones where they run into these people that are, where, where are y'all from? You know, that kind of mm -hmm. hitting, hitting the road in the middle of the desert in Arizona somewhere. And there's like a, an SS flag on somebody's trailer. And they're like, oh, okay, we can't go too far or too close to this area. But these guys are playing some mean guitar, like sort of <laughs> peeking through the bushes and like, who are these guys? They're so fucking good. Nope, Nazi flag, Confederate yep. flag. <laughs> can't, can't go hang out with those guys. No, no. I mean, you could you just have like a really weird night, but I don't know, <laughs> you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> um, um, it. That's when Green Room like does play up essentially yeah have you been <laughs> on have you gone on tour with anybody for like doing photos uh just once yeah uh to mexico uh oh rad yeah with this band band called uh, black dog prowl um mm -hmm. they've since gone through a major lineup change and restructured and did all these things and that was mm -hmm. that was really fun kind of disastrous a lot of a lot of shit went wrong <laughs> but nothing deadly nothing too dramatic yeah, um, that's sort of the nature of touring. I feel like it's everything that can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the whole thing. Our our motto for that week was hashtag Mexico. Because uh, <laughs> like just everything in Mexico went wrong. Mm -hmm. The the guitarist, a friend of all of our well, the guitarist of the band, friend of mine, he started getting pissed. He's like he's like stop saying hashtag Mexico. I'm from this country. This Mike. <laughs> he's like you're pissing me off. So everybody just started going. <laughs> <laughs> whenever something went wrong so like the, yeah. the fixer um couldn't get them as many gigs as he had promised uh it was supposed mm -hmm. to be a two-week tour um with like i don't know four shows each week they played two the first week and then i had to leave so i only got to see two shows cover two shows out of four um we had to drive from Mexico city to Guadalajara in a van, which had all their gear and was supposed to fit us, but uh, two of us couldn't fit. So the driver was like, I we're like, we'll, we'll squish in with the gear. It's three hours. We'll be fine. Like we just, we need to get to this gig. And um, he's like, no, either everybody comes with me and you leave some gear or figure it out, but I'm leaving this is my job is to get this gear to the, to the gig. So we're like, okay, great. So we all stay behind with some of the gear. We end up sitting at a coffee shop for eight hours. These guys were really nice to us and like gave us coffee and stuff. And we were finally able to figure it out and we get there uh, like right on time for the show that nobody showed up to. And it was, oh, a, <laughs> it was like a, a weekend festival. No one showed up. It was bizarre. Oh, yeah. man. So they played to an, almost empty room <laughs> and it was just like a bust and we ended up just i don't know one thing after one one toilet between six guys 
<laughs> yeah, eating mm-hmm. eating authentic Mexican food, and oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Just a revolving door, and yeah, yeah. but fun overall. Fun. The That's the wild was thing about guy. tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that like you're out there and you're like, God, this is miserable. At the same time, I'm having like so much fun because I'm yeah. not like living a normal life. <laughs> yeah, everything like, is bizarre. No so it's like we're having to like figure it out on the fly, and it's. Shakes things up. Yeah. 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 I get why bands love it. Well, so, I mean, I've gone, like, in terms of, like, musically and, like, Mm -hmm. doing photos, um, I went out on, like, one day with um, Sorry Party when they, like, were doing Arizona, and I shot their music video for um, the the Don't Let Me Die. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was sort of, like, it wasn't hectic in any sort of way, but it was just sort of, like, you know, you're in a van yeah, with a bunch of dudes, just like smelly sort of <laughs> the, the, the vibes of a tour. But um, before I moved to LA officially, I used to uh, work for a nonprofit as a public speaker and I actually toured that way. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I used to work like at, I used to be based out of San Diego um, and then would like be there for like a month at a time, maybe two months at a time, like training um, and then would go out, on tour for like a region that they would assign us to. So the first time I did it, I did all of Northern California um, and literally like living out of a van crashing at uh, people's houses kind of all over the place. that were just like oh, supporters wow. um, and speaking at like high schools, colleges, places of worship, um, anywhere that would have us really just to sort of, it was like a nonprofit to get like um, more, more so like teenage teenagers involved uh, uh-huh. for like, fundraising but a lot of like advocacy stuff like we were one of the first tour we did we like were creating a campaign to like get as many people to fly to dc as possible to like march around the white house for the cause we were fighting for and oh um, and then um we actually like would do that and then they actually got to like go lobby at all of their like hometown uh representatives that were like in dc Mm -hmm. um yeah so i I did that for like two years and it was that's why like anytime somebody's like, Oh, I'm driving cross country or they're going on tour. I'm like, I get it. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. So, it's like the, one of the best times of my life. Absolutely. But like, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. But you paid for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Roughing mm-hmm. in the van that whole time. Huh? That's, wow. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Just with yeah. like, not just like take all of the mm. musical instruments out and like pack in instead, like, totes upon totes upon totes of just like merchandise <laughs> just like t-shirts that are like designed to be like this is cool excite like i remember our movement yeah. um things to hand out yeah yeah do you remember just so i can i can drop this i don't really care do you remember like coney 2012 yeah yeah so that's the company i worked for oh okay what yeah. happened to that guy <laughs> which one coney or the the, the founder the, the guy who lost it what was <laughs> I, anyway, so that was that was jason um jason russell he's like the founder of the company yeah um, i'm vaguely remembering like yeah. yeah so the wild thing is so like i got i saw coney 2012 and that was the first thing i ever saw them do but like mm-hmm. almost everybody else that worked at this place had been supporting them for years like mm-hmm. they all were like kids that were either still in high school or like um like ran the invisible children clubs in their high school and then like went to college and graduated college and like came and did this. And I just literally found out about them through Connie 2012. 
mm-hmm. um, was fascinated by it because at the time I was going to film school and studying um, like how to make a film um, as a white person from Western civilization about causes not from here mm-hmm. and how to actually have an impact. So somebody like eventually was like, have you seen Coney 2012? Like when it was coming out, one of my teachers was like, you have to watch it. Um, mm. And I watched, I was like, this is fascinating. So I like wrote a whole paper on everything and then eventually like sort of fell into it. Um, and a, a lot of people in my school kind of knew about it because we had a, we had a major that was strictly for studying Holocaust and genocide studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole cause that they're fighting for is stopping uh, like the longest running war in Central Africa involving child soldiers. Mm-hmm. So I got kind of fascinated with it and then like met somebody at one of their screenings and they really do just send like kids out on the road to show a film that the company made and then talk. And then like a former child soldier will be there and they'll also like tell their story. Wow. Um, so they did the screening and I was like, this is so different than any screening I've ever been to. I want to talk to this person and then like yeah. learned all about the company and ended up there and just did it. But I was, I was completely unaware of like the cold background of it. Um, and then, yeah, I don't remember yeah. what the initial question was that I like, got into the whole story here, but. Oh no, uh, it just, I was just asking like, what happened to that guy? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's I all forgot, I remember. Forgot about Jason. Yeah. So oh, like yeah. I got there um, and I also was kind of like, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. That was kind of wild. Um, yeah. Not talking shit, as by the way. I just, that's the one thing that really sticks. Out. <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it. Um, mm. He's a weird guy, <laughs> but, but like, um, when I got there, it was obviously like immediately I was in an office full of people that are like his best friends. Like they worked for years and like a very hard cause to work for with yeah. this guy. Um, and what essentially happened is that he, so they made Coney 2012. They did not have any infrastructure to, <laughs> it feels so weird telling the story a decade <laughs> removed because this literally used to be my job was to go on stage and like protect this company. um but so like he they made this video it blew up overnight it was the first like majorly viral video um Mm. that youtube like ever had until gundam style came to be (laughs) um and then it was like they were on the news every night and he was feeling like he had to be the voice um Mm. for this cause so he was literally like red-eyeing every single night like back and forth between la and new york to be like on good morning america and then like nbc in la and just kind of all over the place back and forth back and forth Mm. and he wasn't sleeping and everybody at the company just kept being like dude you need to sleep you need to chill and then one night he just like had a mental breakdown um and ended up out on the streets of san diego and literally was like punching the pavement naked I heard he was um, on drugs. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I don't, I don't, I can't say for sure. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever, no, like, but I heard it was just like, him, but, I heard it was yeah. just like a, a drug binge or something, like not lack of sleep from admirable dedication to this cause. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But then, is like, it, the, the, the thing that sucked is that, like, I, I wanted to be there to learn about this type of filmmaking and then, mm-hmm. like, fight for this cause as well. And then I was out on the street and it was literally like, auditoriums full of kids um watching us watching the films listening to us talk uh and then like maybe 12 of them would be part of the invisible children group so they would be like really uh excited to have us there but then like the rest of the school were like 
what about that guy that like lost his mind on the street <laughs> and like got naked and something? Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. And it, it like, it just turned into that. That's all I was talking about the whole time. Just being like, fuck. That's what I heard about the whole cause. Like that really derailed it. Um, because that's all yeah. anybody like me could remember about what happened. And sadly, like, yeah, it was because he was, is it, is it sick to admire that kind of dedication? <laughs> I don't know. Obviously no, it's not healthy that, you know, that's not something to emulate ever, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I got I, I, I to gotta give it to him. Like, Hey, you tried, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's great that you felt the need to sacrifice yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the wild thing was like, I was still in the office. I hadn't gone on tour yet when he like came back to work. Oh. Um, yeah. And he came back and did it for a few more years. It was just because it was like, I mean, he obviously like had to take plenty of time off, do some rehab. Um, but as soon as he came back, he was just like right back into it. He, he just has like the, the reason I say he's weird is because he just has like one of those personalities just like constantly on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, a brilliant creative mind but sometimes people are just like you need to chill dude yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and he he did he but he did an incredible thing like after Coney 2012 they had the reason it really like, kind of like disappeared is that like a um the world was unaware that they weren't a scam um mm -hmm. people just the, the, the new cycle because it's always just chasing the exciting story was literally just like, here's this viral video. Isn't it so cool? They're creating a great cause. Oh my God. Controversy in this company. Yeah. And then it's gone. Uh, yeah. Cause the next story was literally like, they're still going, they're still fighting for this cause. He has come back. They're still doing this thing. They're still sending people on the road, but like, nobody cares about that story. That's not exciting. It doesn't right. make like a cool headline. Oh, um, that's so depressing. Yeah. So tons of people didn't know about it, but then at the same time, <laughs> The thing that was so hard for me being on tour was, was I feel like I was literally seeing, like, you see it like deeply engraved in like Gen Z now and I don't hold it against them in any sort of regard, but like apathy just sort of like rooted into every single person. And I could literally see that like <laughs> happening at schools being like, do any of you actually give a shit about this? Or like, yeah. if you give a shit about it, are you going to give a shit in like another week? And yeah. the answer is no. No, they don't. <laughs> They're going to move on to something else if they cared. And if, I mean, even that's a task to get them to give a shit. Oh, yeah. Perfect example of that. Do you remember the whole Darfur crisis? When, mm -hmm. how old are you? How old are you? 32. 32. Oh, okay. We were in high school, right? At the mm -hmm. time. And I remember everybody being dedicated to it. Like it got the high school, got my high school going. And everybody was, I mean, a lot of people didn't give a shit, but like, a lot of people were curious there was a club that was formed around it to like put eyes on it and everything and i don't know there was less apathy back then <laughs> i feel i i totally get what you're saying there um, yeah i mean i don't i feel like when i talk about this it sounds like kind of self-righteous but there there was something about like that time about 2012 where like seeing coney 2012 and a ton of other stuff that was happening on the internet, it's sort of, I kept looking at it being like, I think we're hitting that point of learning that the internet can be used in different ways. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to tip towards like using it the right way. And then the like, just sort of inner, like what really makes the internet started to like bubble up 
<laughs> and then everybody was just like, oh, but actually I could just like make a trendy video that everybody loves today and get yeah. immediate satisfaction and then not have to worry about it the next day and just move on and on and constantly just have that sort of like hit of dopamine over yeah. and over and over. And this is incredible. This is incredible. But really like <laughs> there was a period there where it was like, a good like two year window where it was like, people might be becoming an empathetic like nation <laughs> um, because we have this way to connect with everybody around the right. world. We can actually help people um, immediately that are in like incredibly different situations than us. Because mm -hmm. um, we now can hear their stories. We can hear their voices. Yeah. The world is much smaller. Yeah. And then Gangnam Style came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, oh right, we don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even Korea, just the just the video. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I kind of want to blame it on Vine in that case, because I think that's when that came out too. Speaking yeah. of quick fixes and yeah, dopamine releases. Mm -hmm. Did you see uh what was that movie? Not the social dilemma? Yes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I kind of wanted to yeah. just end it all right there after I saw that movie. Man. For real. Like, yeah. Where you just want to delete this everything. This time? Yeah. I didn't, but you know, I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Well, for something. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our sort of background. It's like we can't. <laughs> yeah. We need it for Got to give up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you probably need it more than I do, but still, I need it for. I was going to say you might. Being able to do fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, true. Yeah. All this stuff I might need it for, but yeah, you're, you're um, mass media, dude. <laughs> you need this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Not great by choice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever delete like I don't know Twitter or anything temporarily? Uh, I deleted Facebook for a mm. while, mm. Um, but I, I don't think that had to do with anything that was talked about in social dilemma. Those that were just being like, I, I don't know why I'm on this thing. This thing is not built for me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And it still isn't. But then eventually I was like, oh, there's like good like job boards on there. Um, yeah, there's a few good ones. Kinda, that's like all <laughs> I go on there for is to like hire people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't want to unplug entirely. Uh, I kind of like this idea of the metaverse too. Uh, as dangerous as that sounds, um, as that whole premise sounds, it sounds really cool. <laughs> it's yeah. potential, you know? Yeah, I have, it's funny. I like just this week, I feel like I saw a little bit more of it um, mm. because I've been hearing about it, but like the idea behind that's cool. Um, mm. But I also remember playing Second Life like 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody showed me, I don't know if it was real or not, but somebody showed me footage of the metaverse. And I was like, this looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's not really there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, like when people were talking about the metaverse, I was picturing like hyper realistic graphics and like VR setups and just being like, oh, I can just like do stuff. And like, it's like all those like, super sci-fi movies where you see people just like moving stuff around and wearing glasses and stuff and being like, Oh, mm. this is cool. But then no, it just looks like a, an old Wii game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea really... behind it is incredible. Like I, I, that's where we should probably be going at least technology wise, but. I like the idea. 
I, I got scared though. I was thinking like if people say it got really into the hyper-realistic uh, world, say, um, wasn't there a Matrix video game that was like just part of that, uh, that had the Unreal Engine mm-hmm. with the most insane graphics you've ever seen. You can barely tell it's not real. Oh, when we, I didn't, I've heard about it. I didn't know that was a thing though. And I'm, I'm going to try it after this, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can kind of just like look around and stuff. I don't think it's a game mm-hmm. game, but um, incredible, right? And I think when we get to that, we're, I, I was thinking all we need at that point or all an addicted person to this thing needs is a room, this four walls and a toilet and, and, and a fridge and an internet connection, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no need for, there's hardly a need for furniture. There's hardly a need for a big house, a big apartment, all you need is a room and you spend all your time in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. How frightening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it'll give oof. you greater freedom than, than the real world. Right. Like you can go anywhere mm-hmm. ideally unless they start charging, I don't know, metaverse plane tickets and everything like that. But oh, yeah, which, I mean, that's inevitable, right? Like the microtransactions seeping into your real life. Yeah. <laughs> My God. I think it'd be overall no. pretty cool. I liked Ready Player One a lot. As dystopic as it was, it was a, uh, it was really neat. Mm. Never yeah. saw, it, but no. Oh, I, I like the idea behind it. Like, for, like the whole. Uh, I don't know if this is a conversation, a completely different conversation that mm. will kind of derail us here. But um, it, the whole like uh, hyper fetishizing of like nostalgia like turns mm. me off immediately oh yeah um i just am so bothered by it <laughs> <laughs> um like i just saw the news that there's gonna be a um that you know how there was that 70s show mm-hmm. um they're doing that 90s show oh, and i'm like yeah. God, can we just like move on <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i don't that I don't 80s show really work no <laughs> right? exactly it ended yeah. pretty quickly yeah that but yeah, all of the sort of like all the fin- like the um, the new Space Jam movie that was just like let's just put everything into it possible that everybody will just be like yeah great like fucking <laughs> everything that I loved when I was twelve years old it's like no dude I yeah. don't want like I get it like it's fun like I love to watch like a Marvel movie and be like oh my god there's so many cool things in here that I can call out with my friends and whatnot mm. but like at the same time like please do new things if you're going to use this old material like. Yeah, add to it, right? Like, right. don't just right. sit on the like. Don't rest on your laurels from thirty plus years ago. You know, yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> add to it. Yeah, I which I'm sure, 100%. I'm sure, like Ready Player One does that to an extent. And I, I just like as soon as I saw yeah. like a trailer for it, that's when I was like, I'm good. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure if I watched it, I'd be like, oh, okay, they like have some cool, unique things in here that's like fun. But it was a big like, it was a big Easter egg hunt for. Mm. For nerds right for like video game nerds for really just video game nerds um, <laughs> yeah because there's just anything you can spot just all the smallest things the book was great about it they did they really did their research on um the smallest glitches in a video game where like you have to they needed somebody's expertise in the book or the or the movie in the story and they're like, oh, yeah, in the old Zelda or something older than Zelda, if you end up in this dark room and you make, you know, two lefts and an up, you hit 
a key or you find a key or something. And it's like only two people ever found the key and they found that person to talk about it. Fascinating, you know, but nostalgia porn for sure. Um, With a good story behind it. I thought it was neat. Um, That's good. But nostalgia porn. Yeah. There's 2000s nights now uh, in uh, in bars. Have you seen that? Oh my God. No, that is, (laughs) no. I mean, I've seen like the like, Britney versus Gaga sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, never, <laughs> never just like straight advertises like, remember early 2000s? That sounds mm-hmm. wild. Yeah, it's really upsetting because <laughs> <laughs> we barely had 90s nights. Like 80s clubs popped up everywhere, right? 90s yeah. nights kind of did. And now it's just, yeah, it's Justin Bieber versus Kesha or whatever. And okay. <laughs> Yeah, and what a weird time to sort of celebrate, right? Yeah. <laughs> to sort yeah. of be like, remember like uh, when 9-11 was still fresh in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. the impending like housing collapse was also like coming up. <laughs> I remember those times. Like, no, I don't want to. That was an uncertain time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember, yeah, after 9-11, military recruiters like all the time in the school. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And I... I wasn't expecting that, that frequency of them, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah, everything was just weird. The music sucked. And yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I can't like remember anything great that I was listening to in the early 2000s. I mean, yeah, I guess I was, list- I was like deep into the, like, the emo scene, but like looking back on it, a lot of those bands, I'm now like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so no emo cruise for you. No, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I love a good emo band, but like a lot, it, it was like few and far between for them to like really be able to stay around and like adapt to mm. making like real music eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I always think like what my like favorite, favorite band in high school was probably Chiodos. Um, Chiodos, man, I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you like listen to him, you'd be like, I remember this. Uh, uh, Craig Craig Owens, the lead singer, with like a really high pitch voice and like just like heavy hardcore, but like beautiful like harmonies. But it was like their music was great then, mm. and then they tried to make new stuff, and it was like, mm, uh, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like maybe three bands that like I still listen to from then that have like carried on into like modern times. I guess you can call it. Mm. Um, Who are the others? That are still. Or is that? I mean, Chiros is one of the ones that didn't work out. Um, Mm. I mean, really, like any band that I have tattooed on me, or like a band (laughs) that I like has stuck around in my brain. Um, I guess Manchester Orchestra was around then, Um, and they're one I like. My that's that's my all time favorite band. Mm. Um, And they've definitely like grown and adapted and come up with like beautiful ways of doing production on all their albums. and still crushing it. And then my other like all time favorite band was every time I die, uh, um, which like, no, well, they just started <laughs> broke up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, cause they, they started 97, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. So incredible, era. incredible run. But like, yeah. did you see anything about how they broke up? No, I heard it was kind of dramatic though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was wild <laughs> to like watch it. like play out. Because um, I mean, I've, I'm like, a, I was always a diehard fan of them. Every every album they put out, I've constantly been like, 
one of these has to like not feel as good as the other ones. Like eventually you're going to run out of steam and it never, they never did. Every album was better and better and better. Mm. Um, and they had just come out with a new album called radical. Um, and it was insane. Uh, and so like the album before this, the lead singer, Keith Buckley, um, yeah, before that was like incredible because he went through like a very traumatic experience where, uh, his wife, who I forget if she was pregnant or had like had her like their newborn son with them, but she like got into an accident um, and they both almost died. Oh, so he wrote the entire album, like going through this traumatic experience of like almost losing his entire family. Uh, and it like fucked him up, but he yeah. was always, he had always kind of like dealt with like a addiction. Um, and then like, after that album came out and after the tour and everything, he like went through recovery and then uh, did like an incredible job with that. But then like started to realize that he had always been living this life that like wasn't his, like he just really wanted to escape it. Um, and then wrote, he like, it's a little weird to read some of the stuff that he's been talking about recently because you're like, this sounds kind of weird, but like, I don't know. I, I take it to heart. Cause I'm like, hey, you, you like wrote so many lyrics that I like, adores so so much that i i can believe you when you say this sort of stuff yeah um, you feel like you know him at, a little bit right yeah yeah exactly um and he essentially was saying like I, he was writing this next album he was writing the like the, their newest album that came out radical uh he was writing it not knowing what he was saying really and then like it wasn't until it was done that he was like oh my god i was like predicting my future um uh-huh. and he was really sort of writing about wanting to get out of his, like his, uh, marriage, um, wanting to like escape from all of these demons and everything. Um, and he even had a lyric in one of the songs that's like, uh, I forget, I forget what it is exactly off the top of my head, but it's something like to release us all like the, to release the world from all these terrible times, give mm. us our plague. And he wrote that Whoa. before the pandemic. Whoa. <laughs> and then the pandemic <laughs> happened and he was like, sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's like future writing mask off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So like he, he had gone so, so much recovery that like, he was like, okay, if I'm going to go back on tour, he bought like an RV. Um, and he started to have his daughter stay with him more. And it's like, I don't know if they were touring with her that much, but she was there for some shows and then she, he had gotten divorced. Um, had like a pretty consistent girlfriend now, but he was, he was following the band uh, in their own bus or whatever they tour in. And then he mm. was in his RV. So there was kind of like a separation, um, mm. but it was literally for like, he felt like it was his like safety, like to be able to escape sort of from the tour life of all the stuff um, that comes with, enough, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what happened along the way, but essentially like he uh, eventually uh the band posted something about like he was having a hard time with his mental health so he was going to be leaving the tour and that they would play the rest of the shows karaoke style mm. um and then as soon as they posted that he responded and was like uh we never talked about this i'm leaving because i overheard my own brother who was the guitarist say that they were thinking about replacing me soon Oh shit! Um, <laughs> yeah, and it like and it did send it for a loop, and he was like, we're, "We're I'm gonna like work through it," and it's like a thing that I'm dealing with because this is obviously like destroying my mental health in this time of like trying to recover, but also yeah. be in a place where I did all of these terrible things before. 
Um, so it, the thing that I love about every time I die the most is that like all of this is playing out. Right. And it's like super mm. dramatic when you're watching it, but every single fan that's like posting about it is just being like, we hope that you get better. We hope that you're all able to work through this like drama together. <laughs> um, and we hope that you can work it out and just be back on the tour. We like whatever you need, like do whatever, do whatever you have to do, like cancel as many shows as you have to, like we'll yeah. be there when you get back. Um, that's the thing about like, emo fans. Yeah. Yeah. They're in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They are all in. Yeah. Uh, so then they played a, and at this point I have tickets for their tour cause they're, they were supposed to go on a tour with, um, under oath and they were going to be in LA in February. Um, and they play their like holiday show in their hometown of Buffalo. And then like a month or so ago, they eventually announced like, we're not going to be able to work this out. There's been like a lot of like legal back and forth of like where the band exists and like, can Keith actually post anything with every time oh. I die attached? And he felt like they were just, no, I guess nobody was calling him at all. And they were just like sending a lawyer his way. Um, Ooh. and just, yeah, it became like a whole legal thing, but it, it like was so heartbreaking because it's literally like him. Uh, and then all of his closest friends, obviously, but then the guitarist is his like literal brother, like his actual like flesh and blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they'll like watch that like beef just playing out online and being like, oh man, it sucks. Ugh. It's like such a dramatic way to watch like my favorite band just like fall <laughs> apart in front of me. Oh, um, uh, and a civil sibling spat too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Not about mental health. No, we're trying to get rid of you and you overheard it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Was that confirmed? Is that like, I, that's uh, the thing is I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe one or the other really. Um, yeah. I'll let them tell their stories yeah. however they feel it's true. Um, <laughs> but it's out there and we're talking about it. So yeah. 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 And I, I'll just remember them as one of like the greatest hardcore bands to ever do it. So <laughs> I'll just hold on to that and I'll just kind of, I'll eventually just forget that it played out this way, but <laughs> that happens too often moving units, smashing pumpkins and mm -hmm. this, and now with social media, it's like, I think Darcy from smashing pumpkins, she didn't, she didn't even know that she was out of the band. She just overheard like, or she saw a tweet or something. Hey, we're going on tour or something and didn't even, tell her about it she's like oh i just found out i'm not in the band anymore oh my god like but you're integral <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's awful it sucks <laughs> mm -hmm. well thanks for doing this man yeah really absolutely. appreciate it great to meet thanks you finally me. yeah as opposed for to real. floating <laughs> around each other in the pit <laughs> yeah yeah no it won't feel as awkward when we like bump shoulders and we're like oh shit that's you cool cool <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to know who the hell is TJ Furtado taking all these badass shots <laughs> at the show that I'm at too. And I'm like, I didn't see, it might've been that guy, but it might've been that other guy. I don't know. And yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. great to finally meet you, man. Thanks man. Yeah. yeah. And all, obviously all of your stuff is awesome too. So oh, hey, I appreciate it's it. A pleasure, <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, anything you want to plug your, uh, your page or anything like that? uh website I mean, real yeah not 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 like heavily i guess tyler j i just recently changed my instagram to match my twitter so that i could say like everywhere <laughs> uh <laughs> it's now tyler j portado mm -hmm. um and yeah i guess just keep an eye on all that because uh, some cool stuff coming from sweet gloom the sweet gloom guys because if you go to my page now it's literally just like all ned Durrett from sorry the party you would probably like believe that i'm him 
<laughs> it's like so many photos of him and then like a couple that are like oh there's tiny stills and there's still the memory but like for the most part it's like sorry party because those are just like my best friends mm. um for life so tons of stuff on there from them but yeah there's mm. some cool stuff coming from sweet bloom soon they're cooking yeah. up some great stuff and getting to work with them has been awesome they're an incredible band and gonna be like a, a force in the scene i think it's exciting to see them kind of like getting ready hell yeah anything chris wants to do i'm like yeah i'm i'm right behind you bud i won't mm-hmm. i'll be at the shows yeah. yeah yeah so yeah let's shoot a show soon man absolutely yeah, yeah. thanks again let me know about of course oh yeah, yeah. we'll do 